roll for initiative. What does that mean? That means we're about to have a fucking fight. You should have said that at the start of the Oh, show. that would have been the perfect roll for initiative. everyone how's it going it's david from the geek garage podcast i am your host we are doing episode 26 it is part one of our four-part series um road to mtech 2019 this is the first part and originally it was going to be tabletop and analog gaming but that is a super broad topic so we are going to primarily talk about D, which is better known as dungeons and dragons yeah, you you can definitely tell that there's a room full of people here. <laughs> but they were just all being very nice and polite and waiting for me to to get done. They, they're not a bunch of a holes that you know wanted to in- interrupt me as as I was talking. I was, I was waiting talking. for somebody to give me a chick track about how D and D is going to send me to hell. Oh, that, that is, is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh, in the yeah. 80s. During, like, oh, no, no, no. My mom, like, two years ago, cool. sent me, like, 14 articles of how I was going to hell because <laughs> I played DD. I think she's calmed down some. She knows I play, you know, <laughs> twice a month and hasn't really said anything in a long time. But this did happen. So it's still alive and well in certain communities. Yep. Like, this will send you to hell. They think. It's going to teach you witchcraft. Because you're dealing with demons and magic. I've heard that you can summon demons with D&D, so I I haven't been able to figure that out yet, but... We'll figure it out during this podcast. Technically, I guess it's possible. I swear to God, we will. Do let us know. Uh, Yeah. So we're actually just going to turn into the chilling tales of Sabrina in this podcast. (laughs) All right, so I I do have, uh, if you haven't noticed already, I do have some guests with me. Today, I have Dylan Klein. I also have Brooke and Matt For- Forrest. For- yeah. is, is it Forrest? Or Forrest. Forrest. I should know because we've been friends for some time and you've also been on the podcast. We're the so. most Forrest. We're the Forrest. Yeah. The Forrest. I think you you told that joke last time and I'm stupid <laughs> because I don't remember. But it's just Forrest. Right. We're just being bougie. Cool. Mm, You're I a like bougie, bougie. Forrest. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and we also have Dwayne Long. What up, buddy? What up, dog? How you doing? Doing good, I guess. Good, excellent. All right, well, um, for like those I, of y'all listening, that was hardcore flirting. <laughs> yeah, Me and David are secretly lovers. We are behind secret. Lover My wife doors. doesn't know, but what doesn't know won't hurt her, right? <sighs> I mean, she'll find out some <laughs> whenever I'm she listens now, to this so podcast. I'm good. Yeah, whatever. Word. Uh, yeah, but like I said, um, Dylan really is gay. with us. He was um, on our episode when we discussed um, alt-rock of the uh, 2000s. That was a fucking awesome episode. It was a pretty good time. We got to talk about Fallout Boy and how they're not great anymore. And <laughs> Taking Back Sunday and how they're not really great anymore either. My Chemical Romance and how they don't exist anymore. But and... they're putting out comic books. And no, 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 those have been out for a long time. Don't let's. That's not what we're here to talk about. They're not as good as people think they are. That's not what we're here to talk Sorry. about. That's not what we're here to talk about. Um, this just turned into an alt rock. That's not what like, we're here to I talk was about. On Umbrella Academy. I mean, Sorry. this right. could be like a, a bard type of thing. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and then, like I said, uh, Brooke, uh, however, not her husband, Matt. Um, uh, she was on the podcast. We discussed. Uh, I think it was just like summer movies and the MCU. Um, and then, like I said, Matt and. Dwayne, they have not been on yet, but I'm a podcast. Uh, I am super excited to have them and the others on. Uh, so why don't we get the fuck to it, shall we? 
All right. All right. Fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Good to know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I forgot to say that podcast? Uh, this is a swearing and spoiler zone podcast. Um, there's nothing to really spoil, spoiler I guess, for, alert, for this if you've one. Never played D and D. We're if about you, to talk about right. it. Right? There's if you're dragons about to, in you're it. You're about to play your first game, man. I'm about to fuck you up, dude. Snape <laughs> dies. Snape is fucking dead. <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah. Snape if you don't know that, then your geek card is removed, revoked, forever. Wow, it just got real quiet. Cool. All right, fair <laughs> I enough. We just revoked our geek cards. So. Yeah, I was like, wait, who's Snape? All right, so what, we're going to start. I don't know why I started doing Buffalo Bill instead of like. <laughs> um, we're going to. Okay. The, it puts the lotion in the basket. Okay, first we put the lotion in the basket to get it out of the way, and then we take out the dice, and, and we start playing the Use game. Use that lotion on your hands. Do you want to talk about the history? Who wants to talk about the history of D&D? Anyone? I, I can do that. Yeah? Yeah, because I'm a Matt, fucking nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, you, uh, you're, uh, you're probably the, the oldest among us, right? Nope. I mean, no, uh, not like that fucking matters. But, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. So, uh, but I do think you are wow. the one that's been playing for the longest. Uh, nope. Probably. Fucking that might actually well, be. We could go I have done around. a lot of prep work for this episode. We could go around uh, and talk about that real quick. You were. Oh, I could say. <laughs> uh, Matt, why don't you start us off? One. Uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about? Um, you know, maybe some of the origins and um, uh, a little bit of the, the history of the game, like coming up and leading up to now. Sure. Obviously, nothing, you know, too in depth if you don't want to. But. Uh, quick and dirty. Uh, so, Gary Gygax uh, started, obviously, everyone's familiar with him uh, because of DD, but he was actually um, heavily involved in the wargaming community. Uh, specifically, there's a war game called Chainmail that was really popular in the uh, 70s. And DD originally evolved out of that war game because people would have their general lieutenant type characters who they had these you know armies and like fiefs and kingdoms in their medieval war games that they would then have in-depth role-playing with and Gary Gygax created his original prototype for D&D just for those war gamers to get more in-depth characters. I know some of those words. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, I, I meant to, to say this earlier during the, the, the official intro, but I'm the only one at this table who hasn't played, which I, I don't know what that makes me as the host of this damn podcast. Uh, the facilitator. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I do <laughs> know that I'm surrounded version. by people who don't count it against me that I've never played before, and that's what I call friends. So cheers, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. 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 So then they... Um, it started off uh, in the convention scene, wargaming community, grew from there, founded TSR, which published the Advanced Dungeons and & Dragons and then Second Edition. Um, interesting little side note, uh, Gary Gygax actually got involved with the D&D cartoon in the 80s, and during that time, TSR, the company that published D&D, uh, started going through a lot of financial trouble, and the people that he had put in charge 
basically ruined the company and then decided to blame him and said, oh, well, Gygax is off, uh, you know, in Hollywood doing all this stuff. So we're going to force him out of the company of the product that he created and then ended up uh, causing it to almost go bankrupt, causing the company to then sell to Wizards of the Coast in the 90s, which is then when you got 3.0 and 3.5. And then, you know, up to all the current fourth and fifth editions owned by Wizards of the Coast. So you can all blame Wizards of the Coast like Monopoly (laughs) due to uh, Gary Gygax wanting to get a D&D cartoon made in the 80s. Well, isn't that something? Well, that cartoon was badass. (laughs) That cartoon was badass. Unless you watch it now. It was cool back then. If you watch it now, it's... You're like, what? Oh, I liked that? Oh. But, you know, it was cool back then. I think you could say that about most 80s cartoons. That's true. I mean, when you rewatch them, they're never as good as they were. I have the power! That's a terrible show. Original She-Ra is nowhere near as good now as it... Yeah. The new yeah. Shira though, oh, and yes. the new Voltron. Those are super good shows. That's a whole other D and D game. <laughs> we're it's like, well, that's how games we talk, work. We talk about it for a second, and then we go off on all these rabbit trails. I mean, this is just like a D and D. Yeah, just exactly. just like this podcast. Yeah. We, you know, we'll, we'll we'll stay on topic for like two seconds, and then we'll right. go off topic. Then, but we'll it's just like any culture. other fucking yeah. episode yeah. of this podcast where we can't stay on topic. It's all right though. Uh, but yeah. Um, Thank you so much, Matt, for that brief brief history uh, and the evolution up to uh, leaving up to now. So the whole idea behind this part of the Road to MTAC series is to kind of talk about a, a lot of the big benchmarks that brings people together to conventions. And obviously, analog gaming and tabletop gaming is one of them. Um, they have, uh, if not one several you know giant rooms de- dedicated to board games tabletop games analog games just um just a shit ton of people having a great time um bit of trivia the very first mtac even though it wasn't D, the very first mtac was a glorified pokemon tournament with a costume contest really yeah uh, so tabletop gaming in a sense has been there since the beginning excellent <laughs> yeah um pokemon <laughs> Well, I mean, it was the card game. Right, I mean. And, and they probably had magic tournaments, too. So, yeah, that's that's kind of why I chose D&D. Not, not necessarily as the first episode, but as one of one of the parts was, um, like I said, I, I, you know, we, I wanted to talk about just analog gaming uh, in general, but the, it's Did too broad Did you get us here together topic. because you wanted to admit to us that you want to play D and D. You want to play D and D, don't you? I mean, we have we some modules. We did lots of books. You got any character sheets over there? I mean, uh, we can set him up right well, now. Well, we got an iPad. We can get. Yeah, character we can pull sheets. all the characters. <laughs> yes, we're gonna run. Each Y'all are turning me on. We're gonna. Oh, you're gonna run, run through two of horrors for his well, first campaign. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, exactly. Well, at least you won't have to play long, buddy. And you'll awesome. never want to play again. <laughs> That's another, so Gygaxian, it's not even funny. Another little side note, uh, the reason why Tomb of Horrors is so ridiculously hard, he designed it specifically for Gen Con, just for tournament play, because people would be lined up for, like, hours. And so he j- really wanted it to be meat grinder. It's like, okay, you're playing for four minutes, your character's it's dead, get up, just leave the scene. Chew up characters. Yeah, just so that people could keep coming because people wanted to play with Gary Gygax. Yeah. Sure. And so it'd be like, okay, three, four minutes, you're dead, next person. You know what I think is really cool is, like, you're, you're talking about history, but it's stuff that I know as well, and probably stuff that they know, and it's like, I don't think there's many games where the, all the players kind of understand the history of the game, and, like, you're kind of invested in this whole, like, Gary Gygax up to TSR, up to Wizards, all the way through to, you know, 
fifth edition. Like everybody kind of knows what happened through the stages of the game, and that just doesn't happen with anything else. It's like we are a very invested group of <laughs> right of, nerds of nerds. Yeah, of nerds. <laughs> no, that's I mean that's uh, and that's why I wanted to talk about D and D specifically is because Brooke, I think you were saying before uh, we hit record that it's kind of like the OG, right? Yeah. It's it, as far as tabletop gamings now. There probably was stuff before it, but I mean, this became the OG, and this is the identifiable. If you say tabletop gaming, and then they're like, "What's that?" Like, if, oh, you say, D&D. if you say D and D, they're it's like, a good "Oh, example. or Dungeons and Dragons." Yeah. Oh, Dungeons everybody. and Dragons, you yeah. dork! Yeah, everybody's like, "Oh, I've at least heard of that. Yeah. I have some kind of semblance of what that is." Right. Because everything before that was usually either just board games or like your big like war games. Yeah, war games. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think probably the only thing that outdates it probably is war games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't think of anything that would have been before war games. I know there was a Middle Earth RPG that was out there at some point, and I can't remember exactly when it came out. But we're talking about like seventies. They were doing yeah. everything. They even had a Star. They kind of all came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dylan, I, uh, you had this um, interesting talking point that. Uh, I thought would fit in well right now. So if someone wanted to get started playing D&D, you can play either for very, very cheap or free. Do you want to talk about some ways that you can kind of get started um, if you're broke ass? Um, Or maybe, and then maybe some ways if you're willing to drop some money or maybe you have been playing for a while and then um, you're looking to drop a little bit of money on the game. Yeah, absolutely. So for me personally, I'm probably, aside from David, I'm probably the least well-versed in D&D. And what I mean to say there is that I have never played Dungeons & Dragons. I have, however... Oh. I know, right? Wait for it! <laughs> I have dungeon-mastered campaigns before, though. So they're... First, just to preface, there's a pivotal difference between a dungeon master, which is something you'll hear a lot in this podcast, versus a player or a character. So you are one or the other. There is only one dungeon master, and that is the god of your game, and you inhabit the body of a character in that story, um, which is something that Dwayne was saying earlier. Is that yeah? Is that okay? I mean, so um, basically, when I started playing D and D, I got the idea to play from some friends who wanted to get together. And we didn't know anybody who was going to Dungeon Master. So, me and my infinite wisdom went to my father in his infinite wisdom. And you I called said, your dad? I your called dad? my dad. dad. I called my dad. Yeah, so, my so dad. from a lineage of D&D. Well, my dad grew up with D&D when it was coming about. And in his family, it was a hand-me-downs family. He didn't have any money. They were very, very poor. So, he plays D&D with his friends. And he's in the same position as I am. Where he has friends who say, we want to play this game. We don't know how will you help us? And he said, yeah, of course, I'll give it a try. And a lot like my dad, I'm a writer, or I I tried to be a writer. And I always struggled with that, but I realized that if I decided to Dungeon Master a campaign, one of the beauties of D&D is that it's there are lots of different play styles, and you don't have to go by the rules. And that will make a lot of players angry, but it will also appease a lot of players. There are different ways to play this game. And for me, the entire thing was narrative-driven. So I got my friends together, and the biggest investment that I made was I went to Walmart and I bought five uh, college-ruled notebooks mm-hmm. for 
people to write in. Those are very expensive. They are. They're like uh, oh my god, tens man. of cents. It was <laughs> tens, it was tens, tens, and tens of, of cents. Maybe even hundreds of cents. You can Maybe. literally get like ten of those college ruled notebooks for like a dollar or two dollars. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I, if you wait I got, just after back to school, you can get them half off. Mm. <laughs> so I got, I literally went and I bought a bunch of notebooks and I bought a bunch of pencils. It looked like I was getting ready to send some kids to school or something <laughs> like that. And then my friends come over and um, realistically, the the one kind of hang up is that you have to get dice for the most part. Now, Brooke had mentioned something earlier that I thought was pretty brilliant where when she played when she was young they didn't have access to dice at the time so what they did is they wrote one through 20 on little bitty slips of paper crumpled them up and put them in a bowl and drew at <laughs> random them from a hat yeah. so you know we had you different can piles for each die here is your d6 here is your d20 here is your d10 so you can absolutely improvise with D, which is one of my favorite things which is kind of why i brought well, it up as a now talking they've got point. so many things that you can get an app for we were saying mm-hmm. you know yes. you've got dice on apps and character sheets on apps and mm-hmm. all of i mean so, so you don't even have to need. improvise like she did. You literally can just get an app that's built for it. Again, this is predating the internet. Right, right, right. <laughs> so basically, uh, I went to, um, I guess it was like uh, Staples or something like that, and I took a USB drive with the character sheets on it, and I just printed out a few character sheets for everybody so they could have a hard copy of something. Also, so I could have a hard copy of something to take a look at. Um, the only real thing aside from that that I actually purchased with my own money was I bought myself a nice set of dice and I bought a Dungeon Master screen. Those are the only things that... And I didn't even need those yeah. things necessarily. Say, you don't even need really a Dungeon Master screen. So uh, you just get a little bit of help from it. Um, but yeah, that kind of falls into the accessories category. But yeah, if you wanted to play D&D, realistically all you would need is access to the internet and friends who want to play D&D as well. So pretty damn cheap. Free. Free. <laughs> and I'm assuming that yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, you have access to the internet. <laughs> right. Let, let's hope. I mean, I don't know how else. Maybe, uh, maybe witchcraft. It's a large group of people standing yes. together in a public library They're gathered on one computer. They're chanting to the ball right. rog. No, to... we're just going to have a Chanting to the ball rog. Oh, yeah, yeah, check out my burns, my, my, my hip-ass mixtape. But especially fire. <laughs> on the topic of like free resources, uh, depending upon what edition you want to play, so uh, 3.0, 3.5, and Pathfinder were all a part of the um, open source, uh, which I thought was really cool, of Wizards of the Coast. They made all of their original materials for 3.0 and 3.5 open source for the third-party publishers. So Pathfinder is entirely published based upon those open source reference documents. So all of the base 3.0, 3.5, and Pathfinder rules are all available online for free because they are not copyrighted. Um, which is then why later editions, like 4th edition, uh, they were like, oh, we lost money because now Pezo, like has its own gaming system. Let's not have anything publicly available. But 5th edition, it's limited, but you actually do have a full system yeah, reference document as well. Yeah, I was going to say, they went back well. to it now. They yeah. kind of see that everybody loved that. Exactly. All that third-party stuff and all the the splat that was out there. You well, know, I think like it's the... What's the, the opposite of the word exclusivity? Inexclusivity. Inclusivity. <laughs> there we go. Inclusivity. Yeah. I mean, it just it allows <laughs> for anybody to play the game, and that's yeah. another thing that kind of harkens back to the core of D and D, is that it, with uh, 
I mean, it goes to what they tell you the, the gameplay is. You play a board game, you're playing on a board. You play a video game, you're playing it on a television. You play D&D and you're playing not on a notepad. You're playing in the but theater. in your mind. The theater of the it's mind. All in your mind. And that's one of the original quotes about D&D that I kind of latched onto is I'm like, the theater of the mind. Well, that's mm-hmm. as somebody it's who quite is Shakespearean. not 100% <laughs> yes. all the time. I spend a lot of time in my head and it's a good way to have an outlet for things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fantastic. I'm just super amused by this because every time you say theater of the mind, uh, werewolf and vampire, their live action or LARP was known as the mind's eye theater. <laughs> so oh, you played Masquerade too, huh? I did not play Masquerade. I was more of a werewolf and changeling. Uh, she was a werewolf. I was a vampire guy. <laughs> and yet somehow we're together. Man, we're <laughs> such dorks in here. I love it. I'm with okay. my people. Well, I mean, it, it's quite appropriate because the Deep podcast drive, name yeah, is... Right. The Geek Garage podcast. Wait, what? In case <laughs> uh, I gotta go, can, can can you delete me out of this? I'm sorry, Dylan right. identifies as nerd. Yeah, not geek. Oh, sorry. you're one of those, huh? I see how it is. Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> I'll fuck around. This is some no nonsense shit, homie. Sorry, I I didn't mean to call you by the wrong wrong I'm, name. It's I a mean, moniker. Look at those dork. glasses. He's totally a nerd, not a geek. Yeah, dude. I'm a dork. I read a newspaper. So. <laughs> Geeks don't do that shit. They read on their fucking Kindle. <laughs> on their iPad. It's i everything. This is going off the rails. I real can't afford quick. that shit. <laughs> right. Uh Dwayne, um, I want to pass it off to you. Oh, what, it's um, getting passed off to me. Yeah. I'm so scared. So what are some Be of gentle. the things that you like most about the game? I mean, like we were talking about earlier, uh the thing that has always brought me to D D is the fact that it's a social game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't play by yourself. You can't sit down and spend <laughs> 10 hours. I'll show yourself. you. Uh, After bet, all you guys leave, I'm going to play for At five that hours. Point, it's by just writing a which, book. which is funny. Actually, I've seen a guy who wrote a, a, a supplement book for playing by yourself. And it's all just tables of like, you roll this and you roll that to see what happens. And I'm like, that's not. To it's me, called that's writing not a book based on dice. Right, right. Well, yes. it's, it's a choose your own adventure novel. It, exactly. Yeah. You are writing your own choose what, your adventure novel not, and you don't even know it. What I love about it is that it brings us all to the table. You know, we're, we're here and yeah, we're going to play a game, but a lot of it's just bullshitting with your buddies. So like I was telling uh, everybody earlier is when we get to the game table, we don't even start playing for like a half hour because yeah. we have to make fun of each other for a little bit. We have to tell each other what happened over the last couple weeks. And then, you know, we have to go over like, oh, hey, did you level up? Did you did you pick up that new fit? Did you do this? And so then we talk about our characters and then it's like, okay, now we've kind of settled in and then we start playing. And then we play for, you know, however long and then something funny will happen. And that just busts up the whole room and then we we laugh and we joke again. So it's a good reason just to get together with friends. Would you all agree that that's part of the appeal of the game? Yes. Is kind of like cutting up with your friends? Definitely. It's kind of like an excuse to... Well, uh, not necessarily an excuse to get together, but like a reason. It depends to, on your type of player. Like, I think we've already established that everybody here at the table, we are the kind. We like to come together for the camaraderie right. and the hanging out and... and being stupid with our friends. And, and then there's the people guys. that only want to go gung-ho about right. the rules. There are people who get together. It's about the game. And yeah. If you are it's not business focused time. on the game... I mean, there's there's some games where you're not even allowed to come out of character. Like, you're supposed to stay there. You're supposed to stay in voice, in character. you got to hold up your hand and, in and a certain gotta, sign if yeah, you're not speaking if in character. If you're not speaking in character, you have to make yeah. some sort of code. Or, like, out of character, I'd like to say, you know... Character voices. Yeah, right. Uh, character voice, please. And, you know, now that being said, what are we to... in Spanish class? <laughs> right. Not in Espanol, por favor. Right. If that's your jam, 
roll with it. Right. Just... And that's the other great thing about that I like about D&D is, like, there's no set way you have to do it. Right. It's like, if you are there for this, like, immersive experience where it's, like, all about the game and we're doing voices and Don't everybody's, worry. like, that's great. If that's what your, your group is into, perfect, because you guys are all having fun. And it's all really all about having fun. Whereas, like, my group, we barely get any gaming done because we're too busy screwing around. <laughs> I mean, we do. We, we make it through, you know, whatever we're supposed to do that night. But we play for, like, eight hours, and we get through what that other group probably would have got through in about three hours. So, you know, tit for tat. But, you know, for me, it's all about having fun. So if I'm having fun, it doesn't matter uh, how the game is going or who is doing what or saying what. Like, we're just having a good time, and that's what it's all about. I mean, if you're playing a game and you're not having fun, like, what are you really doing? Like, why are you playing? So... Have fun. Exactly. Enjoy it. That sounds good. You're I practicing mean, it, math. Right. What's this is, one this is a math quiz. plus 13? Uh, it depends on what you roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I can definitely see that considering there's like 5,000 pieces of dice to roll. Well, you know what? They actually, especially in 5th edition. Yeah, the, in 5th edition, they have streamlined seven. the dice. Seven. Seven. The, the math so, so much. I, I mean, there's... any Anytime I see the dice, I just think of uh, Cones of Dunshire. And, <laughs> and, and uh, it just, like, all the different shapes of dice. And, like, Ben just rolls it with, like, such passion. And I'm like, there's, like, 5,000 pieces of dice there. And they're all differently shaped. And, like... And it, I mean, it, it's part of the, the, the humor of that yeah. game. But this anyways. is the D&D nerd that I am, is that when I saw that in Parks and Rec, I was like, oh my god, wanna I want to play Cones of Dunshire. Like, it <laughs> yeah. sounds like he's actually fleshing out the rules. Oh no. And it, I want it. I it wouldn't Cones surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if they actually, like, in the process of coming up with the idea for that game, for that those episodes, to actually come up with the rules. Isn't it funny, though, that in pop culture now we're seeing it everywhere mm-hmm. i mean we're seeing that's part of what inspired gaming. me i mean well, that's which is things. yeah that's, that's, that's part things. of what inspired me to to choose this in particular um i mean is its popularity and the spike of its popularity in pop culture yeah um like you know for the longest time you 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 know it was in very it was close for basement dwellers circles. it was for yeah. basement dwellers yeah you, you really no didn't friends. it was for the outcast right yeah and, and now and, it's become like Everybody does it. Yeah. So it's like, no, John, you can't like this. You beat me up for this in middle school. You play football. You're not allowed to play D&D. Go away. Those geeks grew up and had their own kids. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know what I said the other day? I was talking to somebody else about this. And I said, you know why it's popular now? It's because all of those geeks who played back in the 70s and early 80s, they all grew up. And now they're powerful, like, multi-millionaires who are ruling all these companies. Like, they're the captains of industry. But they still like D&D. And now they're like... They're the cool ones now, and now D&D came with them, and it's cool. Uh, so I think that there has to be some of that where it's like the people who were outcasts are the ones that became successful, and the people who were cool in high school and, and well, middle they, school they kind of are like, football. they're the garbage man. <laughs> yeah. Which is D&D for the people who beat up D&D players. Yes. That, that, that's I pretty say, accurate. Uh, <laughs> they also Fantasy. can't can't generate enough thought to name their own players. Yeah. So <laughs> Fantasy football is D&D for jocks. That's all it is. Uh, or Dylan? this is fantasy football for dorks. I don't know either way. Hey, Dylan, I want you to. Hey, I man. want you to tell hey, me man. exactly, uh, in in such finesse, why you love this game so much. Uh, yeah, use that's your it. finesse weapon. All right. I like Dungeons and Dragons. Roll charisma. Dungeon Roll master. Charisma. Roll well, charisma, please. Unlucky for you, 
I cheated when I made my character. <laughs> so my charisma modifier is plus 12. Um, you got those <laughs> you character builder dice, means. don't you? I do. They're they're oh, just weighted damn. dice. He's high they're, level they're fantastic. Yeah, right? I didn't pay for them. I made them out of mashed potatoes. So I hardened I, in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> so, I went to the gaming store with my buddy the other day, and he bought those, the weighted six-sided. And I saw them on the table, and I was like, I'm not going to say anything. I don't think he's going to use them. And then I look over one time, and he's rolling his damage. And he's like, oh, I know what dice those are. Nobody else knows what they are, because I was with him when he bought them. So... I think somebody's rolling loaded dice at my table. <laughs> oh, no. So bad, but... You wouldn't have that problem if you used slips of paper. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's no weighted slips of paper. That's true. Yeah, but you could smudge them. That's true. You can but yeah, but yeah uh, Dylan, I think you were telling me earlier, um, you really like the world building aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, so for me, one of the biggest outlets that I used D&D for was for writing, um, and I really enjoyed having other people to kind of bounce these ideas off of, You're, so to speak. When, when you when you said that earlier, and sorry, I, I'm not meaning to cut you off, but with, with the collaborative writing aspect, um, I very am much with you on that, um, which is one of the reasons why... Um, D&D is piquing my interest mm -hmm. more and more every day um, because of the collaborative writing idea. Like, I, I, I love writing as well, uh, but I feel like I, I flourish more if I have people to bounce ideas mm -hmm. off of. So, so imagine this. You're trying to write a story, and you're having this, this block because a character that you've got in your story is so far from what you are as a person. It's hard to kind of identify with that and to write these fully fleshed out people. Mm -hmm. So instead, what you do is you assign your friends with different characters in this story. And then once you've done that, everything else about that person as an individual in your story is out of your hands. Okay. Their actions, their thoughts, their feelings, consequences for what they do, that's all out of your hands. You are left to, and this is why I like dungeon mastering, because it's a game in and of itself. You have to compensate as the world in general mm -hmm. for how these characters react. Okay. So as a dungeon master, you're playing every single character in the game who is not a player character at your table. So that's really appealing to me. You're building the story. You've got other people who are filling in the gaps for you as you go. Uh, and then, I mean, not to say that it's not a task to be a dungeon master because piloting all of these characters is a lot. As soon uh, as you think you know where they're going to go. Oh, uh, and that's the worst somewhere thing. somewhere else. And everybody who's got a Facebook has seen memes about how player you know a dungeon master is writing this eloquent uh, you know campaign yeah, and then book and then they're like, right and then the next scene is the players literally ripping pages out and yeah, lighting them right. on fire and one guy stuffing a like half oh the book God. up his ass yeah, or something right. such like, disrespect you don't know if you're going to end up like what you're doing with the benny hill theme or the bond theme uh, yes. it's up to the players to decide it's up they... to the yes exactly um but then it goes to your your play styles and I, I think what I'm kind of getting at is the overarching thing is witnessing all this happen for me is fantastic seeing how your players who one of them is serious one of them does not care in the least two of them are just kind of along for the ride mm -hmm. and one of the people is there because they are an avid video gamer and they want to get this they kind of wow side experience. of things exactly yeah. um, so you have all these different personalities playing at, at the table and bouncing off of each other and they look to you as the person to kind of be the end-all, be-all for decisions and how actions play out. Gotcha. And for my worlds in particular, what I really, really love is... is fucking uh, people over. Fucking people <laughs> over. Oh, yeah. You're a, so, uh, you know, I am... You're that guy. I, you're... I, am in, I am in no way a vindictive dungeon master, okay? But you will get what you pay for. <laughs> 100%. You do something and... 
you just think like, oh, he's not going to notice. I keep smacking my microphone. You're doing so great. You're like, okay, you know, it's it's a it, this is an action of of you know, minor consequence. No, 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 no. It's like a wish bell. Yeah, it's like, don't you remember when that lady in town asked you for money and you spit in her hair and you threw her in the street? Well, yeah, guess what? She's, she's the queen. Yeah, she's yeah. the fucking queen. Yeah, right. Or not even. She's like, she's the lady who you're trying to buy an axe from. It's his mom. Uh, you're right. And now he's pissed. And now he's going to swing at you with the axe you're trying to buy. Right. <laughs> so, you know, or... Uh, as I mentioned before we started recording, I had a guy, we talked about tropes a little bit, things that keep repeating based on how characters react. I had a guy who kept trying to loot stuff, and I didn't want him to do that because it's too much work for me. So whenever he loots stuff, he just finds bees. Just lots and lots of bees. <laughs> bees everywhere. Live bees. bees I thought bees not were the dying bees. off. What happened? And then as the player, he fucks me over and he says, well, you know what? After the bees are all dead, I'm going to collect all the bee carcasses. And I'm like, okay, you weirdo, that's fine. Right. So four or five play sessions go, goes by, and he's like, how many bees do I have? And I'm like, what the, like oh, okay. 50 million. You've got like, yeah, you've got like 500,000 bees. And he's like, all right, where is the magic armorer? And I'm like, okay, well, this is where he is. So he makes this trip aside from the rest of the group. He no. leaves the group to make this trip. He goes to this armorer, and he gives him these bees. And he's like, hey. bee armor? Make armor out of these bees and i'm like well okay you have <laughs> because, bee armor i mean i am just as intrigued as he is at this point where so is this going what happens so uh you know i make this item for him and i'm like all right this is what you get you get like the the dark brood curious or something like that and what happens when you wear it is that it does this you know raises your uh your damage class by this much and then when if, whenever somebody successfully attacks you they also take damage because they're getting stung by all the bees that are on you so I, I mean I, I love just building the world having people there to help with all that said with all the bees aside yeah you love building world, and I love yeah, I, bees I, I totally agree with you though I think some of the most fun I've had in D&D is building your own setting it's like <laughs> Yeah, we've got Forgotten Realms and Spelljammer, and uh, we've got, you know, there's like 10 different worlds that are set up just for D&D, but I think the most fun I've had, uh, sounds like the same with you, is building your own world, adding in your own cities, and the guilds that run the cities, and just you knowing everything, you putting in all these details, and I've found that half the time I'm adding details that no one is going to see, but it's fun for me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I think that, Yes, being a player is fun, but it's not near as much fun as running your own game because because of all the, the writing aspect, like you said, it's just like putting in all these little details and hooks and knowing like, oh, I can't wait till they till they round this corner and they see the, the mind flare that's waiting for them because they're going to freak out. Well, let me ask you this, since you guys have all played a lot of D&D, &D, of course, not you, David. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, fuckface. But, uh, you close your right mouth, back David. at you. Yeah, you close so, your mouth, uh, David. You've never played D&D. Have you guys ever played a campaign? So one thing for a lot of people who I talk to about D&D is that they can't commit to the level of commitment that it takes to play D&D &D because it's a constantly running campaign it's and you not, play it's, for hours exactly it's not something that you can sit down and play like monopoly and you know right. monopoly can be a long-running game at that but, but no, as an example near. you know it's not a board game so one thing that i did to accommodate this was that i allowed players to build characters that were suited to the environment and not even that necessarily but they could build a player run it by me and then appear in the chapter just for that playthrough and I would give them a slight introduction, and then, you know, they may or may not show up the next time. Yeah. It, 
what are your feelings about that? Like, is that do you think that's acceptable, or totally do you think acceptable. that is too I mean, much for the D and D? No, not at all. I mean, when you think about it, it goes right back to: Are you having fun? Mm-hmm. If you're having fun, there's no one to say like, no, you can't do that. But it, like in in my campaign that I'm running right now, we had a guy who was just going through some things that he couldn't be there every time, and so we thought he was going to drop out, and so like he was with us, and then you know we we go for our long rest. And then he doesn't come back for the next session. We wake up and he's like, you wake up and he's not there. And we're like, well, where is he? And mm-hmm. he's like, you don't know. He's just not there. We actually two of them. And so when he decided to come back, he got with the, the DM and they just came up with a backstory of like, this is where you went. This is what you did. This is how that went down. And this is why you're coming back. And so, you know, I, I think stuff like that's perfect because... Well, we're, we're adults. We're adults. And well, I'm going to pause you here real quick. And we can't always make it to every, like, especially if you're doing like every week or every other week. Like, nobody can do that all the time. All right. So extenuating circumstances happen and this character does not fit into the world. <laughs> Here's my example. They always fit. Well, in a you're sense. You're not pushing hard enough. So I had a, a, a very close friend of mine wanted to play with us, but he didn't live in the same town. We were out in Murfreesboro and he was not. So it was hard for him to get out there. Um, he develops this character and the way he explains it to me is he's not asking for permission he's just telling me he's like hey I just want to let you know I'm going to come over and I'm going to play I've already made a character and his name is the pizza wizard (laughs) and he is a multi-dimensional being from the pizza planet in the pizza dimension he's on his pilgrimage uh, to spread the word of pizza and he has stumbled upon the planet earth and your party are we talking about Connor? we are 100% talking about Connor he's he's the only one that has dressed up as a pizza wizard for MTAC. So he, uh, uh, so he's a wild fine. Yeah, I just he, didn't he ask questions. Pizza. I was like, whatever. We, we built him this whole character. He was a pizza wizard, a pizzerian, I think was his class pizza or his, his race. Um, he had these abilities based on his class where he had, uh, he could generate personal pan pizzas as healing potion stand-ins. <laughs> oh my god. Every turn he made a roll on pizza deliciousness uh, pizza deliciousness to increase his counter on a scale of 1 to 100 that was always standing so it was he was you know always gaining levels in pizza deliciousness. Um, he was technically a bard class and he carried around a magical loot that was named Pepperoncini and he wrote his own pepperoni pizza themed songs and they all had different buffs. Did. And the coup de gras is that he has this one a day ability called pizza, where he just looks at something and goes pizza and it turns into a pizza and it doesn't matter what it is. And that motherfucker killed my final boss of the campaign with pizza. I hate when they kill the BBG too quick. Oh God, he wasn't even there that day. They cast a prism, a, a magical prism, the the monster breaks the last wall and then I didn't read this spell out it says when the last wall of the the prism is broken the caster gets to decide uh, what plane of existence the breaker of the wall gets sent to and so the guy's like oh he's going to the pizza planet Uh. I'm like oh fuck so I called Connor and I'm like hey Connor there's an undead titan on your planet and he's smashing up pizza tropolis what do you do (laughs) and I've got him on speakerphone and he goes "Uh, hold on roll a d20 for pizza deliciousness (laughs) so I roll a d20 And it's a fucking 20. He's like, okay, everybody in the party gets three personal pan pizzas to heal. Uh, Now will you please roll a d20? And so I roll another d20, and it's a nat 20. And I'm like, Connor, it's a nat 20. Why did I roll this? And he just goes, 
pizza. <laughs> I'm like, you motherfucker. All right, congratulations. You have destroyed the undead titan, turned it into a pizza that feeds you the entire D &D. planet for two years. You win D&D. But see, then the thing I like about that, okay, so let's extrapolate. What happens... When you eat a pizza made from undead, what does that do to the citizens undead of that planet? Okay, okay, so the pizzas, this is actually something that was fleshed out. So we talked about this, and fleshed we're like, out. yeah, I know, right? So depending on what he rolled when he Flesh casted I don't pizza, understand the game, but I get no, that. So, so pizza, fucking funny. It's the, the stipulations of the, the, the spell are he looks at something, and he says pizza, and it turns into a pizza. There's no other stipulation. So he rolls a d20 to determine the, the level of quality of the pizza, so to speak. So he rolls a nat 20, and of course it turns into a pizza no matter what it is, and it's the most delicious pizza in the world. He rolls a 1, and it turns into a pizza that's been in the oven for like four fucking days, <laughs> and it's literally on fire, and a pepperoni pops off and hits one of the guys, and they take like 4d6 burning damage for two turns or something. Yeah, I mean, it could get really out of hand. But he used that multiple times. They're trying to get across a river, so they he turns a tree into a pizza and uses it to float across the river. What? Oh, I'm sorry, there are voracious fish in this river, and they smell that pizza, homie, so your raft is getting eaten. I turn those fish into pizza. <laughs> One a day. You gotta have a good long rest before you can uh, cast pizza again. It takes a lot out of you. Casting pizza. It's my favorite spell in D&D. So, Dylan, you love world building. <laughs> back to that, to, huh? to circle back around. Um... Uh, I guess we'll pass it off to uh, to Brooke. Um, you mentioned a couple things. Um, you uh, uh, you were kind of talking about uh, some of the reason behind the the rise in popularity. Um, yeah, there's there's lots of different things. Um, from my own personal experience, like I said before, I started playing D and D in the '90s, and not only has the game changed, mm -hmm. but the players have changed. Like, I cannot tell you how many times I've been sidelined as a girl player because I'm the girl player. Like, what does it mean to be sidelined? Um, oh, well, you're the one that got kidnapped, so everybody's got to go rescue you. Oh, um, <clears throat> well, stupid, isn't that old fashioned? Stupid shit like you're that. You're like the yeah. only girl I know that plays. <laughs> Like, that's it. I, I've played with one girl See, ever in my whole life. It's like, sometimes we have to prove... Like, I've been very oh, fortunate, like... Revealing. The the people that I played with regularly are people I was very good friends with, so I didn't have as much what problems with that. Going? It was when I went and started playing with people who I wasn't as familiar with. It's like, you have to work extra hard to prove that you're a real player. Sure. Um, and so, what we've seen lately, especially with 5th edition, is it's become much more inclusive in ways you wouldn't realize, uh, the biggest thing that you can see is the artwork itself. Mm -hmm. Like, if you look in these older books, it's chainmail bikinis right. on half-naked girls and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. Protect the vital areas. Right. <laughs> and big, strong, muscular, white Aryan men. Oh, jeez. I, I mean, no it's true, though, if you look at the art but, from, like, the 80s. You know, mm -hmm. I got no problem with that. I'm a big, strong, muscular Aryan man. It started getting better, like, Matt. when they introduced, like, other characters, like, oh, here's this other area in Forgotten Realms, and yeah, they have darker skin. It's like, okay, you're coding that as Middle Easterners, mm -hmm. you know, and stuff like that. But now, with this most recent book... It's like you're seeing all sorts of characters, all sorts of races with all sorts of different skin types, and the women no longer have the chainmail bikinis. Sure. It's like reasonable, sensible. You're seeing all really sorts sad. of body types <laughs> really for the men and the women. And um, a couple other things I was talking about. Uh, with its popularity, 
you have things like the Adventure Zone, which I was mentioning mm-hmm. before the podcast, which is three brothers and their dad that decided to get together and play D&D. And only one of them had any prior experience playing it. And so he ran the game. Okay. And this is another one of those instances where they were more about the collaborative storytelling than the rules. Sure. But they made it a point to not specifically describe their characters in such a way to exclude anybody. And by that, they people will be like, well... Magnus, is he black or white? And they're like, he's whatever you want him to be. Mm-hmm. You know, is he this? Is he tall? Is he skinny? He's whatever you want him to be. What's okay. his hair color? Whatever you want him to be. And they introduced trans characters, gay characters, integral to the plot. And it was accepted as okay. They didn't make a big deal about it. It was just like, okay, moving on. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Wizards has done that lately, too. We're running a module right now that has two gay genasi running a... Uh, what are they running? I think they're running a blacksmith shop across the street from a bar we own. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the module. Like, there's two gay genasi. Why not? <laughs> uh, one's fire and one's uh, ice, and we said they're a very steamy couple. <laughs> <laughs> or one water, not ice. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's super cool. Um, I, I mean, that that's part of the game. Uh, I, like I said, to reiterate... You, you don't know, really know. My, you know, my knowledge is limited, but um, knowing, you know where it came from and kind of the, the outdated sort of things compared to, you know, how our culture has evolved, obviously. Um, it's, it's nice to know that the game has evolved with, uh, um, with our pop culture. I think, I think it's always going to evolve though, because I mean, it's really driven by the players. Exactly. I mean, we don't, it's not a really about the game because like he said, he's never run a module. He, he barely has read a book. Uh, not, not I've read book, a book. He can even like read. I can book. read. <laughs> it may not be very well or very quickly. Hey, don't make but... him call his dad. I'm going to call my dad. dad. <laughs> my dad will rewrite all the books. He will. And I still won't but read them. His, what I'm saying is like, he couldn't afford to go to college, so his dad paid for his college and then wrote all the books. <laughs> my dad is the college. <laughs> I literally walked up to my dad and opened up his chest and walked inside and walked out with a bachelor's degree. It was fucking incredible. Because that's your dad. That's my diet. But I mean, but yeah, there is no reason any of these games should have been exclusive because it's your fucking imagination. Right. Nobody can tell you your imagination is wrong. Right. But I think why why possibly to differ. Possibly why it was more exclusive is like uh, our society has evolved. You know, Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't acceptable to be gay in the early 70s. Like, that was very looked down upon. So Definitely less acceptable now. Probably the majority of people playing weren't interested in playing a gay character or playing with gay characters in the game. So I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I'll bet you if there was a group of gay dudes that sat down in the 70s to play D&D, there was probably gay characters in the game. Because, I mean, they're, they're gay dudes and they're accepting of that. And I think as we all become more accepting of all of these different things... We're going to see these different elements end up in the game. Um, I just think it's always going to evolve. So, I mean, like in the future, if we have like, I don't know, some sort of spliced gene DNA monster people. Well, I mean, like Dragonborn? Yeah, like, like Dragonborn. Tieflings? You know, whatever. I mean, uh, that, that's a spell plague. That's a plague, okay? <laughs> Was what there I anything? Wanna... Where do we have to draw the line here? It's not okay to splice DNA, guys. You can't do that. You're such okay? a bigot. You can't play golf. such a bigot. shadow run. <laughs> How else did you get centaurs? Oh, jeez. That's true. He's actually. I don't think. What? That's right. <laughs> actually, I mean, I was going to say it's just. Birth to a, witch. Look, uh, 
just the right height, no bucket required. <laughs> oh, Here's the thing. Anyways, <laughs> Adventure Zone. Yes. You were talking about Adventure Zone, um, and I don't know if you had a chance to finish making your point, because I know that you had uh, you listed that in Critical Role. Yeah, I, well, Adventure Zone has become very, very popular. It is good storytelling, the, mm-hmm. especially uh, their first art, which is known as the balance art. Very, very good storytelling, very, very heartfelt, as they say. It's four dudes that got together to play D&D so hard that they made each other cry. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, if you don't cry at the end of that thing, you have no soul. I have no soul. You have no soul. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as like accessibility, because the storytelling was so good, it drew people in. And then they're like, oh, what is this role-playing thing? What is this D&D? Let us go explore and find out. And then you have Critical Role. And the reason I brought that up specifically, since this is a lead-up to MTAC, mm-hmm. Critical Role is run by Matt Mercer and features uh, a bunch of anime voice actors they're playing D&D. Awesome. Sure. Yeah, like Travis Willingham, Laura Bailey. They're all phenomenal. It's it's great. And I was watching a little bit of it today because, sadly, I haven't watched a lot of it. I just know a lot of my friends are really into it. And so mm-hmm. I know a lot about it just from a cultural aspect. But, I mean, like, they are great. They really get into character. They speak with character voices. And uh, they aren't rolling, like, yeah. as often as you think. They're, they're shooting the shit and they're cheating each other at cards and right. the, the yeah. bar and, and stuff like what that. What I think is fun about that, though, is you could sit back... And now you, I've only seen it on on YouTube, so you could watch them all play, or you could sit yeah. back and close your eyes, and you're it's like an audio book, or like yep. a, you know you're hearing the actual voice of the character. So you're not hearing a dude playing a character; you're hearing the character, and I think that really is drawing some people in because Very much. they're like, "Wow, uh, I play with a guy who plays a bard, and he he loves all the all of the games that you watch on YouTube and whatever." And I've noticed he's trying to like start to sing songs, and he's trying yeah. to because he sees these other guys doing it. And now, given he's terrible, <laughs> he's terrible. No, dude, it's he's like so, the pizza wizard. Man. He's so bad that when when we uh, got a bar, we hired him to write all our jingles because it's so funny to listen to him try to make these songs. But I think that those things, like you see, like oh man, he did really good at that. That was a lot of fun. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And so it brings them to the table. And yeah, they may realize like, okay, I'm not a voice actor. <laughs> right. But it, it got them to the table and it got them to experience some level of D&D where they can, you know, they can maybe move on to do other right. bigger levels. Well, speaking of the voices, I think one of the good things Adventure Zone does is they show you don't have to do a lot to have a character voice. Like, Yeah, uh, that's true. Because each of the players do have a character voice and sometimes it sounds similar to their own voice but you can definitely tell when they're speaking in character versus out of character because they th- their whole voice takes on a different attitude yeah. of course for a podcast it helps to have a distinct yeah, right right, voice. right. Yeah. <laughs> now but now on the other end of that i i've known people that i've played D with that are uh opposed to like a character mm-hmm. voice like oh i'm not i'm not that dorky i you know i, I don't want to do voices i don't want to play because i don't want to do voices you don't have to do a voice. Exactly. You know, you can come to the you can come to the table and you can use your own voice. You can just say my character does X Y Z. You don't have to be like I'm blah 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 blah, and I do. You know, it, it's it's all dependent on who what you want to do and, and how you want to do it. And I think that's why D and D is so accessible to anybody. It's like you want to go full bore, hammer down. You don't. <laughs> well, then do what you want to do. It's, Whatever your level right. of comfortability is. Get in there. Be comfortable. Have fun. Yeah, you yeah. want to LARP out the tavern scene, just bring a 12-pack and share with everybody. <laughs> Boom, let's LARP. <laughs> yeah, when when we played, we had, uh, like I said, several different 
variety of people, I guess, and a few of them wanted to do the whole, you know, LARPing. A few of them had an aversion to it. So I just basically rewarded people based on how involved they were with their character. If you didn't care about your character and you were just playing it like it was a board game, well, you weren't going to yeah. reap the rewards well, that everybody else did. In 5e, they've actually built that into the game. Like, if you do a lot, you get uh, superiority, not superiority dice. What are the... Uh, advantage? It, it's for advantage, but what do they call it? Uh, I've not played. As you much know what as I'm talking about. I know about. what you're talking about, but I, I well, mostly they, play Pathfinder. They basically so. so they have a they have a system, a new system in Five E where you get advantage, which means you get to roll two twenty sided dice and pick the better one. Yeah. So if you if you do well at acting or you know you do something that's really inspired, the DM can give you inspiration. Inspiration that's what it's called. Yes. yes. <laughs> as I say the word, and I still don't get it. So he can give you. Oh, that was inspired. Here, have an extra dice, and then the next time you roll. Let's say you roll a nat one, and you're like, "Oh, I don't want a nat one." Obviously, I'm gonna roll my superior or my inspiration die, and I'm gonna take that instead. So that's actually built it like you're what you're saying. It's I actually like that built a lot. Yeah, that's to I, the new. I think that plays very well. Yeah, absolutely. So like you saying, you want to reward them. Like it's that I love that idea, and they built it into the newest version. So uh, that's pretty cool. Um, and I like that you thought of it before you knew what it was. Like, I had no pretty... idea. I just, I, I mean, I wanted people to know that it wasn't all for nothing for them to go out on something. Right, right. When they had other people who they, and not that this was happening, but, you know, anxiety and that kind of thing. Yeah. If you're trying to act out a character and the person to your right has no desire to do that, that's going to put you down a little bit for right. having done that. Right. Well, the opposite happens when you're laughing at them for getting like 20 gold pieces and you've got a brand new magical sword and an right. extra die you can roll. It's like, well, it's because I'm just, I'm actually playing the game. Yes. You know? I'm really glad more games have incorporated that. I know we're mostly focusing on D&D, but um, played a lot of Besom, uh, Big Eye, Small Mouth, which was created to do a lot of the anime-centric role-playing. We were talking a little bit about it earlier. And um, one of the supplements that I had, I think it was called like Flowers and Swords, and it was basically around all the shoujo anime like the the very pretty I've got a sword I'm gonna fight elegantly and look dazzling while I do it but they talked about giving points for living up to the tropes and that would give you control over the scene like okay we're having this fight out on the bridge and somebody's like nope nope I'm gonna use my point we're not fighting on the bridge we're fighting out in in the middle of a field now instead of the beach at sunset exactly yeah. to give them a little bit more control and help the players feel like they have a little bit more in input on the setting and yeah. what's going on. I've actually done That's that cool. in D&D where um, I give out like some sort of a token mm-hmm. and I'm like, alright, this is your chance to change the world. This is like a reality stone, you know? And so I'm like, at any point in time, you can change reality with this, you know, to a certain yeah. point. And I, and I put some sort of limit on it. But, you know, you're like, alright, you walk into the room and, you know, you see XYZ and they're like, nope, no I don't. This is what we see. And I'm like, okay, that's what you see. And we, and we move on from there. Because I, I love the fact that it gives everybody, it's almost like giving them a D&D or like a, like a DM token. Like, you get to DM for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Mutants and Masterminds, which is uh, one of the D20 systems yeah, specifically yeah. for uh, superhero gaming, does that. And I've basically stolen the idea and took it into all of my D&D and other role-playing games where, you know, because it's based on, like, superheroes, comic books, things like that, every character, every session has a hero point, and you can either use it, A, just to re-roll, so it's like, oh, I crit failed, I don't want to, you know, die right now. (laughs) Or or kill my buddy. Exactly, so I'm going to re-roll. Or you can use it to edit the scene. You know, in that typical, like, comic book way of, like, oh, well, the 
villains right there, and I don't have anything, you know, to take them out. Well, it's a good thing that they're standing right next to the gas main. So right, I'm going right. to shoot the gas main, which right. is then going to explode, and then create the perfect scene for us to, like, escape. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, to have that very comic book feel, but I love that idea of people being able to, like, narratively edit, you know, like, small things. It's not like you're going to be able to one-shot kill, like, right, an right. but just right. enough to edit the scene to give you a bit more yep. control. Yeah, it's but, not like, I use my point to automatically have this MacGuffin here that's going to kill the big right. bad. Mm. It's like, no, oh, I found, like, a med pack to help yeah. us heal up you before we go You found something to reload your weapon. Or, right. You know, right. Where it's like, you're, you know, running through, and it's like, oh, we're being chased, and we could very well die. Well, there's a gate that I'm going to close that, you know, buys, buys us a few rounds while the monster's yeah, yeah. having to, like, bu- uh, bust through it or whatever. So, anything to give players more creative control yep. because I love that. very much in that improv you know like yes and of like getting people <laughs> yeah. more involved right. i love i love that you just said that the yes and because mm-hmm. that's been kind of like my dnd or my dming style is like hey can i do this yes but or yes and i always want to say yes like i hate to just be like no you can't do that right because it just i feel like that's shutting down so much my answer is what do your dice say? Yeah. That's what I always tell people. If they ask me, can I do something? I say, what does your dice say? How are you going to do it? And do you have the skill Exactly. For it? Do you have yeah. a skill? And I don't care how far-fetched it is. If they can link it to whatever they're doing, I'll let them roll on it. And if you get a right. nat 20, even if... All right, you're trying to jump a cliff, and you're using your intelligence check to see if you can smart your way across the yeah, cliff. Right. Well, mm. shit, dude, if you roll a nat 20, fuck yeah, you literally thought your way across that <laughs> you cliff. Your way Physics! Across. As the narrator, I didn't Science, see it bitch. happen. Exactly. I didn't see it. Uh, what I saw was I saw you on one side, and then I saw you on the other side. You managed to do this in some way. It's yeah. lost to I the... Like, I like what you said earlier about, uh, you know, rolling those crits in those impossible situations, mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah... You roll a crit and you're trying to kill a dragon with a needle, but right, you might you not know. give the player what they're asking for, right. but you can you can accommodate them in some way. You you have a needle. Right, that's what I'm you saying. You want to stab like, a dragon. Yes. You roll a nat twenty. Well, the needle doesn't kill the dragon, but the dragon getting up, slipping <laughs> yeah, right. on his gold, falling down his hill of gold. He has a stroke because of his old age, and then he calls out to you for help. And the dungeon master says, "Do you help the dragon?" <laughs> right. So, do you help the dragon? I seduce the dragon. Oh, okay. Well, just roll a charisma check. I'm a donkey. <laughs> she is a donkey. Yeah. <laughs> She actually gets a modifier for comes... being a donkey and rolling a charisma check. And the pop culture comes back in. Well, uh, Matt, do you want to uh, do you want to wrap us up? You're the last person we get to to talk about some uh, some shit that you love. I mean, I I know along the way you've kind of voiced your opinion on um, some of the things you really love most about the game, but I'm sure that there's other things that you haven't said thus far that um, really attracts attracts you to the game. Um, yeah, I, and I think that the, the great thing is, like, even, not just with D&D, but, like, tabletop in general, mm-hmm. it's whatever you're interested in, like, whatever setting you want to do, and the different editions of D&D can all accommodate that very well. So, like, 3.5 and Pathfinder, they have immense amounts of supplementary material. Like, so you can do much. basically anything you can think of. There's some 
supplement out there for it. Uh, you know, if you really want like a nitty gritty tactical combat, you have fourth edition for that. If you want really fast, pl uh, fast paced uh, narrative play, fifth edition is great and very beginner friendly. And uh, so I would say that, you know, no matter what you're interested in, it's like there are so many different editions and then it's like, oh, you want to play vampire or werewolf or you want to play like uh, science fiction and fantasy. I mean, there are so many different settings out there that mm -hmm. role playing games can allow people to stretch their creativity in so many different ways. And really, that's what it's all about. It's the friendship and just imagination. And I think you just brought up a good point with like all the different systems out there. If you're uncomfortable like running a game, if you're going to run it, or you don't know what's expected as a player, most of the basic sets, the starter books or whatever, will always have an example of gameplay. Whether it's a short module you can run, beginner for players, like 5e has mm -hmm. one. Um, I know most werewolf, most vampire, and I think even Star Wars comes with mm -hmm. a oh, quick yeah, so little adventure and, yeah. that you can run to kind of get used to the okay. feel. If everybody's yeah. nervous, it's like, okay, let's just run this thing and figure it out together. Okay. And oh, that's cool. like being, you know, nerds and fans of just so many different genres of media. Sure. It's, you know, like I love fantasy, but I also love science fiction. And I also, you know, love like werewolves and vampires and like dystopian futurism and so it's like no matter what you want or what you're in the mood mm -hmm. for there are so many different systems that you can play with just and you know there's no need to just stick to one and that I was actually the... one thing i'd opened up to my players the second time we came around to a campaign i mentioned before i think it was before we recorded where i talked about how we did a like a way in the future campaign but yeah, it was yeah. still mm -hmm. the D, D world um one thing that i i I posed to them was that I had created this character that if I were ever going to play, this would be my character I played. And it's not, it's, it's almost 100% homebrew, but it is legit in a way that, you know, I actually went about creating character sheets for the classes, the race, everything like that. And they're asking me like, how did you come up with this kind of character? And my answer was, well, I mean, it's a combination of two of my favorite heroes from two different books that I've read, two different book storylines. And I wanted to see how that kind of person would react in in this world. So that's what I allowed my my players to do was when we came to this post-apocalyptic future, um, they got a first primary class where they started as level 10 and a second uh, class where they started as level 1. And that's what they were really building on for the story. But I had one guy who was telling me, you know, off and on throughout this D and D play, he's like, I want to be a gunslinger. I want to know what that would be like, or how to play that, or you know, how to word to you the tricks I'm doing with the guns and if they're going to work or not. So we worked that into his class. We had another character who wanted, who literally wanted to be like uh, an an insurgent, so to speak. Uh, so we kind of built this class around that. Uh, being like a rebel insurgent or something and we as even me as the dungeon master didn't know this person's backstory yet but the way that I allowed them to do this was I said I want you to pick two of your favorite characters from different books TV shows movies I don't care what it is you tell me who these characters are and I will write you a character sheet for those characters and then we will combine them and figure out how they play as a character nice so it's that's cool it's in, it's incredibly open to suggestion <laughs> So it's like you want to be a necromancer, but you also want to be able to generate psionic weapons out of your mind. Well, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's write well, that that's, out. That's something I love about D&D is like in the rules you can do that. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, the rules are laid out so that you can make these classes yeah. that do work in the game. With, you know, you got Dark Sun and you've got Spelljammer. I mean, like, 
you can place in Planescape space. And Planescape. I mean, Planescape, you can go anywhere, do anything. I know. Planescape, it's, I feel, was made so that you could link to yeah, everything, everything else. Planescape is like the hub that links everything together. You want your D&D character in Rifts? Done. Right. Yeah, we got gotcha. you. <laughs> and I feel that a lot of people, and I love Tolkien, don't get me wrong, I don't want it to seem derogatory, but a lot of people feel this need of like, oh, you're playing D&D, it has to be it's this Lord very... It's Lord Exactly. It's, yeah. it's high but, fantasy. Right. And, and it can be sci-fi. It can be... Exactly. You know, it can be survival. You it could be on be... A, a derelict spacecraft drifting through space, mm-hmm. and the characters that you're playing with are people who have woken up from their cryopods. And this is probably my newest knowledge. Not, not like right now, but... <laughs> As in, like the my overall research of the game, this is the the newest piece of um, the game that is that has come to my knowledge. Um, you want another one? Sure. George R. R. Martin, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Was him running an RPG? Really? That's how that book came about. Okay. Probably in what Greyhawk? It sounds so Greyhawk. Yeah. Was it Greyhawk, really? I, I don't know, but it was. I probably... mean, that doesn't surprise me. There's at no all. L, so I doubt it was Forgotten Realms. No, I don't. So but it's it, probably I mean, it's like very Greyhawk. Gray, you know, Greyhawk is very. Um, it's like the Warring Kingdoms. Yeah, all these and... Warring Kingdoms and all these political intrigue. Yeah. Like, that's Greyhawk. And hmm. when I think of. I, I mean, I never put the two together, but. Greyhawk. I mean, that's Greyhawk. I mean, that's what that is. And even just something as simple as, like, okay, well, here's the base setting. Maybe the base setting is written under the assumption that it's, you know, early like eight nine hundred ad or something like right. that advance it a couple of hundred years make it more you say you have somebody who wants to play a gunslinger okay well compromise you're not going to have the wild west but make it like mid renaissance i was going to say we're going to go italian renaissance exactly. and you can be a gunslinger but you're using flintlock pistols and you have to compensate for that and then you can so have so you can have a musket yeah, so yeah. you can yeah. have the gunslinger next to the knight and it'd be historically accurate and mm-hmm. in that same time period you know you have like the sailing of like the discovery of the Americas, where you have cannons and conquistadors with bow and arrow users and knights and armor and samurai. And with that gunslinger as kind of an example there and the setting that it was in, so I'd mentioned that it was futuristic, but it was very for sure in the D&D world uh, in that kind of idea. So he had like a blacksmithing ability or something like that and it, it was it was specifically to work on his weapons and to develop new weapons but he couldn't use it kind of like in a video game where you need something like a resource before you can do this and it's not an actual resource it's like you need an ancient tablet to be able to do this <laughs> well he needed that he had to find uh, remnants of the past that would give him the knowledge he needed to upgrade his weapons because like you had mentioned uh, it's like you know they go you take this old high fantasy world and then you progress its uh, its timeline up to modern day time where right. magic doesn't exist anymore. You progress that further to the apocalypse and then even further beyond that where everything is primitive again and magic has made a comeback because of that. Right. That's the kind of world they're living in. So yep. he's finding you know bits and pieces of things here and there. He's literally fashioning his own weapons, uh, kind of like in Fallout 4 yeah. or whatever. You're making pipe guns and stuff like yeah, that. I even let him find like... You found a 12 gauge yeah, like shotgun. You find a gun. It's and in a case, it's and the got, case is locked. Yeah, you have to perfect. open it or something like that. But, but you've got two shells. Exactly. It's, it's a double barrel. It had no shell in either barrel. It's got two shells in there, and, and, and one of them is rotten. Yeah. It's and, like you can't even use that right. one. So. <laughs> and, and maybe it's the damage on it might be like 4D20. But, but you've only got one. That's exa- I was going to say the character can choose to, instead of using that shotgun round, to open it up and figure out how it was built, and then yeah. they can add that to their repertoire of things they can craft. Right. But. I, so. I 
what I loved is that I gave it some ridiculous, like I said, like 4D20 damage. Yeah, it's so incredibly like, they, strong. They see a giant and they're like, ah, but I need <sighs> to save the shell. But no, I need to save <laughs> But I should shoot it. No, I should save it. It's like, right. there's that, you shoot it and it's over. If you save it, maybe you can build another one. So, I mean, there's ways that you can add things into your game that are way overpowered and still let them be in the game. And I, I try to do that. Sometimes I fail miserably. <laughs> they just get really overpowered shit that they get to just run around and like just destroy with. And I'm like, ah, when in doubt, limited ammo is fantastic. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I think our gunslinger took alchemy as their because uh, we <laughs> making what, like, was it poison the bullets and like lightning bullets. Well, no, and I shit. think the reason like the gunpowder was a type of alchemy. Oh, uh, okay, I got gotcha. you. And then from there, so it's like, yeah, you have these alchemical bullets where it's like shells with like, okay, yeah, it's like a gunshot, but this also has like al- fire alchemist fire. Yeah, alchemist fire. fire. So, oh, that's nasty. Mm-hmm. Alchemist fire shooting on Oh, that's nasty. Alright, guys. It's so fun. Closing thoughts. Um, what, uh, does anyone have any, any last uh, comments, concerns, uh, Things concerned. that they want to. I do. Uh, I'm very concerned we've been, right now. We've been very super positive this entire time. Yeah. Uh, with, with, which which is what I was hoping right. for. I, I do just have one caution for people who are new to the game. Please. If you find you are playing a character that is annoying the shit out of everybody else, roll a new character. <laughs> read the or room. Roll read, with read the room. Roll with it. Well, <laughs> play I think, a kinder. <laughs> I, well, you see, I think some people will take those characters and it becomes too much of a hindrance to the game for the other characters. To participate and enjoy. The goal is for everybody to have a good time. Right. Not just one person fucking everybody else over. Right. Unless you're the DM. Right. <laughs> then that's your job. As, as Dylan grins. That is, that is an excellent closing uh, closing Sorry. statement. Um, anyone else have uh, any fantastic bits? Dylan? Roll for initiative. What does that mean? That means we're about to have a fucking fight. You should have said that at the start of the Oh, show. that would have been the perfect. Roll for initiative. We'll take that sound bit. You know what? I, I love this. I, I love this because this is this is just as good as D&D to me. It's like, we could, us, D&D, D&D people could sit around. We don't even have to play D&D. That's why I come out here in nature. Goulet. We can talk about D&D for hours. And I don't think, at least Look I was never bored. No, nobody bored, else man. looked bored. Like, mm-hmm. we can just talk about past campaigns and, and ideas for new campaigns and, you know, you can talk about D&D for hours and it's just, I it's fun. at the bottom of the show you'd be asking... How many hit points you got? Yeah, right. Roll for damage. Roll for damage. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this was a TPK. fucking fantastic. <laughs> this was a fucking fantastic episode. Like I had so much fun. Like uh, I wasn't exactly sure how it was gonna go because I um, imagine this have such limited knowledge of how the game is played. Well, I don't think we've mentioned that this episode. No. Uh, yeah. I, I. Okay. Well, I have such. <laughs> God, I am. I, I'm just gonna have to so, edit the so shit out of my own to, vocals. If you're do gonna you be out at MTAC, come to the game room. Yes, uh, that is uh, that is an excellent segue to to kind of close this out and wrap it up. Is that obviously I said that you know this is part one of the the Road to MTAC series. Um, we uh, we will be live. Um, I'll be recording from the comfort of uh, uh, my hotel room. Um, so any of you listeners that happen to be listening, all two of you, come to uh, his no, hotel. Room. I, I know that there's at least four because there's you know four people here sitting with me. <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm at, not at, bold at assumption. Least, at least for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, cockbreath? I, I, I don't uh, listen to your podcast. True assumption. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna punch you in the neck. 
Um, no. Roll for initiative. <laughs> Take um, 20 damage. So I... Uh, Headshot. So we are... Uh, like right. I said, we're, we're going to be... Um, we're going to be recording live. Um, and if you are interested in being a guest, um, you know, we're, uh, we're looking for all kinds of interesting folks, uh, which is pretty much everyone that goes to MTAC. So really anyone. Um, if you are interested, let me know through any of the social media stuff. Dylan, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> Plug your shit. At my house. I don't have a Twitter. Okay. Um, I have an Instagram that I haven't updated in like two years. What? A, okay, so uh, you have absolutely no online find, presence, Brooke. You can <laughs> find me on Facebook if you look up Dylan Klein. That's my name. If you go on YouTube, you can go to Two Player Media. That's uh, my channel with me and David and a couple of our other buddies. And yeah, Two Player Media, that's something that gets updated on a daily basis, oh, isn't it? Yeah, Hell I have yeah. sushi coming up. Where's my new video? I don't know, man. We need Where's to the do video one real from the quick. last MTAC because I'm still owed that. We filmed it and it's not on the internet. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Brooke, uh, she helps run with like 15 other people. It seems like uh, no. is up there. It, it's we uh, have groupies. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> um, she runs. Uh, it's called Anime Sushi, right? Right. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell a little bit about it? Uh, MTAC Anime Sushi is just us uh, showing a bunch of dumbass videos or things that we think are funny or amazing or whatnot. And it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, and we give no shits in there. Yeah. So I'm not just saying that because like our two player media videos have been featured. <laughs> uh, it's legit. Like I mean, I just the first time I was there, I just remember seeing Katy Perry at the top of my lungs. That's all I remember. <laughs> and then Do I what? then I got blackout Perry. drunk. Uh, that's it, it was the it, normal way that panel works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've I mean, had I've had co-hosts uh, pass out before. <laughs> <laughs> what are you running a blackout podcast over there? You guys, no. it, it's <laughs> just a grand old time. It is. It's, it's just for fun. It, it was. It started in the early days of MTAC where we didn't have anything going mm-hmm. on late night because this was before risque cosplay and stuff. So you needed to create Whoa. some so, late night. Wait, stuff. there's risque so, cosplay. Yeah, yeah. And so me and another director there were well, like, wait, what? We like stupid, absurd stuff. Let's just show Anime a bunch of videos. Burlesque. So that's what we did. And in fact, I think that's how I came friends with you guys because we were running and we're showing some of y'all's videos. Right. I think it all came together when it was like, hey, we got to do a commercial for the con. Can we use your stuff? <laughs> and y'all were like, fuck yeah. Yeah. So, but you can also find me on Instagram, Keen Cosplay. I haven't updated in a while because I'm not really working on a cosplay right now. But other than that, MTAC Anime Sushi, you can find that on Facebook. Yeah. Sometimes I post videos there. Sometimes I don't. Depends on how lazy my ass is. Yeah, no matter how lazy her ass is, you should get your ass to MTAC. It's usually, is it Friday night or Friday Saturday? Friday night. It, do you, it's so that we can work the rest of the con or enjoy the rest of the con. Right, we just go ahead and re- get that uh, the obligatory um, debauchery out of the way. Right. It's what, 10 or 11 p.m., something um, like that? It changes. We've yeah. also had it at 1 in the morning before, so it's just whatever they need. Ooh-ah. We're happy to go Ooh-ah. up. It's also not... not right, risque cosplay isn't everybody's style, and a lot of people are afraid to go up to against risque cosplay because it is very popular, and really, sure. we give no fucks. Mm-hmm. You can come in, hang out with us, watch some videos, and wander away. I'll be there. Wander back in, yeah. Or it's, I'll be somewhere else, like a stairwell. Or you'll be somewhere. <laughs> conscious. We'll be laughing. Laughing, we'll be dancing. Dylan has two modes. Actually, we'll be cussing. We'll blackout. be singing along. Actually, at anime I never sushi have a bad time, time at Anime Sushi. It's the, the last time you guys featured my video, I was told, I was like, they're going to be playing it at Anime Sushi. You got to go. And I was like, 
oh yeah and then while you guys were playing my video i was literally falling down the hill outside of the venue <laughs> that long hill down i was falling hell's You're, hill i get a phone call or someone i was with got a phone call and they're and I hear they're playing your videos as I miss a step and literally rolled down the entire hill. I don't remember any of this, but yeah. I'm, someone yeah. told you, and that's how you're Somebody able to regurgitate. Me. Maybe drink one less next time. Matt, <laughs> just one. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, on the internet, um, if you go to Pinterest, uh, Matt Forrest, F O R I E S T, I have something like 6,000 gaming related uh, pins. Uh, for it's all that's, that's very impressive. I've been teaching yeah. how to make subboards because yeah. it's like it's getting out of control. For all sorts of different like gaming related um, settings uh, sci fi, fantasy, dystopian future, all of that. At MTAC, uh, I'm the assistant director of Analog Gaming. You can find me in the gaming room. I'll be running lots of shit. So mm-hmm. come play well, stuff. look at you. You're very professional. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're very Dang. involved. <laughs> very impressive. All those accolades over there. Shallow and pedantic. Piles of Do you play Baccarat? Is that Spanish for Star Wars collector cups? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I kid. I kid. Uh, I kid. Nah. No, seriously, uh, show, show up to the gaming room. He'll play House on Haunted Hill with you. Oh my yes. god, I love that or, game. Or Betrayal. Wait, with... it's a game? Yes. Yeah. I only know it as a show, because I'm an idiot. You talking it's about be- Ghost Excuse me, nuts? Betrayal at House on the Hill. Excuse me. And oh, okay. Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. Okay. Which is so much Which fun. Which Matt is obsessed with. If you ask him, he'll probably play the game with you. It Add sounds like fun. Is that the D&D board? Yep. The, new bo- the newest uh, it's one? It's fantastic. Yeah. 50 different scenarios. Word? It's, it's pretty good. Uh, Dwayne, you really don't have much of an online presence, do you? You just kind of live in the moment, don't you? The word is analog. You can find me in my house. My address is... <laughs> you can find me in the club. I'm single, if you're pretty. I'm you just get a saying. tin can, you tie a string to it. Yes. Right. Uh, I have a Facebook, but I'm never on there, so there's no point. He never away. is. He, he does it in batch processing where... He'll come on and all of a sudden at like three in the morning he likes like five thousand of my pictures. <laughs> yes. And then he'll comment be like, That's funny. <laughs> and then he'll eighty six for like three months. And he'll come back and be like, That's also funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is all true. Yeah, it is. I posted uh, I posted a picture of me and my uh my gi. Yeah, yeah, I did day. see that. So I, it's I very posted impressive. something. I'm but not if gonna you fight want followers, you. It needs to be you and your gi with a cat. Yeah, but I <laughs> Yes. You have to want followers i do want to drop one more quick plug no um, unacceptable close friend connor miller who is also one of david's friends as well he's part yes. of two player media he, pizza he, wizard. Is, he is the pizza the wizard, pizza wizard. Yes. Uh, freaking pizza wizard he should be here but he's too busy adulting he is too busy it's funny because we're roommates wizard. he's eating chinese food or something what? i don't know yeah he's no, he was are cooking you, it's not chinese are you yeah. telling me that he has the night off and he's not fucking here I'm not here to rat out my friends, David. All right. But, um, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much. That's uh, it. Yeah, Sorry, so quick Connor, plug. This is not you. happening as of right now, but it is something that is in the works. We have started production on it. Connor and I are doing just a kind of a ragtag web show that we're going to start called Dave and the Melancholy Machine. Okay. It is a mystery science theater uh, meets angry video game nerd review show. Uh, All right. Dave is stranded on a spaceship floating through space. The computer, played by myself, is uh, corrupt and has become sentient and wants to know more about the human life and what it means to be alive. And he basically finds Dave in the junk, in the garbage barge, <laughs> floating through space in a cryogenic tube. And he wakes him up and he's like, hey, Dave. 
you have to teach me things. So Dave and the Melancholy Machine, it'll be a web show coming out probably in about a month and a half or so. Uh, find it on a channel of the exact same name on YouTube. But I love not it already. in time for me to show it at Sushi. We're gonna, not. Uh, uh, we'll have a teaser out by then. That's we'll, for sure. we'll make you so. something, I, I swear to God. I can't show the Initiating again. Windows Update 42. It is too intense. Like, it causes nosebleeds. <laughs> like, Satan comes for non-believers. DuckTales, woo. Oh, it'll be fantastic. Also, the the, the computer is going to sing to Dave. It, like, <laughs> learns about what iTunes is and is starts to Is it kind of like... You know, no, like, I hate you, Dave, but tobacco. I'll keep you alive. <laughs> Tell me the secrets about humankind. It's something kind of like that. That is so. excellent. I've always excellent. wanted to know how to be a human, so this is going to be a good tutorial. I will teach you like. how to become a human. Dave. This is the longest sign-off I've ever done. <laughs> but I guess that's, this is that's what, what I like get. Gaming. This, is, no, this is gaming. This is gaming. And it's also what I get for inviting so many people, but I honestly wouldn't have it any other way, guys. You have been fucking fantastic. I can't thank you so much for being here and helping me with this episode because I didn't want to do it with just, like, one or two people. Like, I wanted it to be like Thank a you. game. And um, you want to be kinky? No, you were like, I want to do it with more people. I'm like, kinky. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, kind of. How, how many people do you want to do it with? Uh, like seven. All the people? And all of these beer bottles. Right. Oh, that's a lot of beer bottles for not that many holes. <laughs> You know what? We'll They're all for holes. the same hole. <laughs> Duh. This is going off the rails right in time for me to end it. Please find Geek Garage Podcast on the web, geekgaragepodcast.com. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm very single. He's at, calling dibs. At Geek Garage Pod on Twitter. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and like I said, we will be doing three more parts. We'll be doing digital gaming. Um, we uh, There's a poll out right now to figure out what the fuck the, the topic on digital gaming is going to be. Um, and then we're going to do cosplay and then wrap it up with, of course, anime because it's an anime convention. What so, is anime? <laughs> I don't know. I Anime. heard it's from Japan. Anime. Yeah. And I'm. I've heard it's called Japanimation. I like that. <laughs> I really like that show in Yuasha. <laughs> Dude, that was totally on my AOL profile. I'm into Japanimation. Mm. You're doing great. All right. People are watching. <laughs> they're just, they're just listening. Guys, thank yes, you so much again. Um, thank you, listeners, and we will catch you next time. And remember, be kind, stay geeky, and eat lots of cheesecake. Thank you, fuckers. Yeah.